0: Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now sit back and enjoy the show.
1: And we roll episode 13 of McChesney Unchained, coming to you from 6-0 Studios here at 6-0 Strength and Fitness. 6-0 Strength is truly the bridge uh, to college football and the NFL for so many. Shut up. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. Thank you so much for listening to the show the McChesney Unchained here on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Uh, like I said, we are coming to you live from 6-Year-Old Strength and Fitness, 6 year Studios. Uh, this is episode 13. Remember, you can go on to iTunes or whatever platform uh, you use for podcasting and download it and subscribe and give us your review, whether you like it or you don't. Uh, this is a pretty a pretty non-politically correct adult show, so if you don't like it, feck off. Um We've got a huge show for you today. Uh, My ex-teammate and uh, brother Sean Tufts is going to join us here in studio. Uh, Six-year NFL O-line and D-line. Uh, concrete Charlie will Precheck, another great buff who is currently uh, an NFL free agent uh, out there in in the uh, weight room right now at six zero getting down he's going to join us on the last half of the show and uh, we have a lot to talk about from high school football in the in the area to college football and, and the bus and, and what we saw from them at Washington last week to the Broncos and them mopping up Arizona and getting ready for Kansas City the NFL as a whole we're going to talk to you about narrow XPF I'm going to get Sean's take on the CBD revolution and and all that and 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 what it can do to be the tip of the spear for sports medicine moving forward. Uh, but before we get started here. Um I'm going to bring on Sean Tufts. Uh, Sean and I played together at CU uh, from 2000 to 03. He, he didn't redshirt and I ended up medicaling. So I left in 04. Part of that recruiting class up there were Trey O's and we will be till the day we die. Um, Sean's a, a brother of mine and, and easily the most competitive and hard-nosed son bitch I've ever played with and one of the best teammates I've ever had around, a guy that I would go back-to-back with and fight till the death, till the day I die. So Sean, David, uh, talk to everybody a little bit, tell them who you are, where you're from, and uh, Thanks so much for coming on the show here, McChesney Unchained on bsndenver.com.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. You, you said hard nose. I think you meant hard-headed. Oh,
1: God. The, now, look, super hard-headed. And we used to, we only, we did it every time, but we used to, like, run out and circle each other. So, like, everybody would disperse, and then 54 and 60 would just be circling each other on the field. And then, like, one of us would flinch, and we'd just attack each other and go head-to-head. Retrospectively, it may not be that smart, but at the time, it was really fun. I'm gonna always say that the Iowa State, uh, the Iowa State, uh, what was that? Cheap shot? Cheap shot. <laughs> I uh, cheap shoted the shit out of you. Tell that story.
0: <laughs> I don't remember the story. I just remember in one being on the sideline and la- and. And just walking, and then I was on my back, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Just
1: and like, I was yelling at did... you.
0: Yes, how, let's how go! Did I, like, how did I get here? And then had to do the math and like look around and figure out who just swept me off my feet. You got me,
1: got you, got me back real good though. In '03, we were playing Nebraska at home. Unfortunately, we ended up losing to them. But Gabe Ninus, who's a great friend of both of ours, is playing the seven technique. I'm playing the three technique. <laughs> the Mike linebacker's 54, Sean Tufts. and and fucking Nebraska runs some. I think it was uh, like power play. Jamal Lord handed it off, and you know, I, I shed the blocker and wrap him up, and Gabe wraps him up, and then all of a sudden, whoa, boom! And like, I saw stars. I got up, my head, I was like lightheaded, and I look over, and Sean just destroyed Gabe and I. Like, we attacked with the ball carrier, and Sean came in and just murked us both, and we were both laying there like shaking our heads. And then the paper the next day, it's this badass picture of Sean, like. Wha- that he just knocked old boy out and me and Gabe just standing there like holy shit we just got rung up
0: you can literally see your face going cross-eyed which is, dude, isn't
1: dude you crushed me
0: <laughs> I think I hurt uh, like football's a painful sport you hurt right? friends
1: more than you hurt the opponents
0: I must have hurt Gabe Fifteen times. I remember in Nebraska specifically, he was always a defensive. <laughs> in 0-2, right? right? In 0-2. You crushed him in 0-2. <laughs> no no no. The worst one was he was holding up a block for me. Yeah, you got
1: you crushed his ass.
0: Fanoty, I think, a four hundred pound offensive. He player.
1: was so big, dude.
0: And this big old tight end with air quotes from Nebraska and he was holding on to one t- tackle. To tight end. Who can catch? He had posted up the tackle and I, I skirted off his back hip and as I ran by him, my knee hit the back of his knee and he just crumbled and then had 400 pounds of people Is there anything
1: up. better than in the film room, especially when you win, when you knock your buddy out and you just look at him and go sorry bro
0: <laughs> oh, <bloopers laughs> Sorry film, dude! <laughs> film room bloopers are like the undercover like if someone can harness those tapes it would be see, amazing.
1: If I could call Jamie Guy and be like, Jamie, give me film room bloopers. Number one would be the air conditioning vent. <laughs> Son of a bitch! That's okay. Bad luck, no luck, one of the two. Do you
0: remember the when they would cut in, uh, in college? We, Naropa University, the hippiest of all hippie universities, was next door. Yes. And they Noropa. a strong... When LGBT. I got
1: kicked out, they were like, you should go to Naropa. And I was like, no.
0: <laughs> so they had a big LGBT deal. At that school. Like it attracted a lot of people. You didn't
1: people remember, guys. or you didn't forget one, did you? It's LBG, L-B-G-T. Oh, no, yeah. we gotta
0: get if you forget one, people get mad.
1: And- yeah. Don't get too pissed off. The anyway, po- this is not politically correct, so deal with
0: it. They'd always be like sunbathing, and our video guys would catch a bunch of By the
1: way, if you're transgender, why do I have to accept it if you won't? Just think about that. Next. <laughs> on the yeah, pass pass. Wow. Uh, bounce pass all right so so look man we're gonna get straight into this we're gonna tell some stories and, and have a couple fucking laughs here sean and i go way back um right off the bat i want you to tell everybody what you're doing with bus for life and how important that is and brother this is something that has really affected both of us bad uh it affects me to the day I deal with depression terribly. Um, I've had a five-level fusion in my back. I had to go see a pain management specialist because of it. I deal with opioid problems. I don't like taking it as much as I have to, but it is what it is. I have to be able to function, so I I deal with that. I deal with depression. I've had suicidal thoughts. It's been something that I've really struggled with in my life bad. I've I've struggled with anger. I struggle with everything that… It, it freaks me out and scares the shit out of me so much. And look, if you want to judge me off me being honest, that's your right. You can do it all you want. People judge me off of everything anyway. If you want to drag me through the mud for being honest and trying to help people, myself included, then that's your right. You, you go, go after it. You, if you can rationalize that in your own head, then go right ahead. Um, but – you know, I, I try to talk about this. And one of the reasons I'm so involved with NeuroXPF is because of Kyle Turley and his story and everything he struggled with and the parallels and all the friends he lost. When you think about this, the, when he lost his best friend Junior Seau, took suicide. He started this company to help people with pain and pain management and you know, just the the medicine in NeuroXPF, the CBD based medicine. There's no THC in it. None. We could sell it at King Supers and we're going to. It's supposed to help you with anxiety. It's essentially in the NFL when I was there at one point after my baby brother died and I was in training camp, I was on antidepressants and sleeping pills and pain pills and all this other shit. I can take this and it it it's one pill for everything. I'm so thankful for Kyle and everything he's doing because it goes full circle into what we're about to talk about here of what you're doing for Bust for Life and all the struggles that guys have. We're alphas. We don't want to go out and admit that we're hurting. We don't want to go out and admit that we're wrong. We don't want to go out and say, hey, help me. It's really hard for us to ask for help. I don't think you understand how hard it is for me to even say this on on the podcast. To put it out there, because some people are going to judge the shit out of me for it. So it's something I struggle with. I struggle terribly with depression. I struggle terribly with suicidal thoughts. I struggle terribly with with, uh, substances. I don't drink anymore because of it. Um, I don't want it. I never want my kids to see me passed out and be like, why is daddy stink? And why didn't he come home till 5am? That's not me. I don't want to be that guy. I understand that I have anger issues that I'm trying to overcome, but, um, it, it's not something I can just stop doing. It's, it's a really, really, really hard problem that I'm trying to fix. Now, just me coming out and saying that how many fucking guys don't ever say it. And then I can't even, off the top of my head, from the time I got to see you until today, off the top of my head, Brian Turner, Pete Friedrich, Clint Olderberg, or Clint uh, Clint Olderberg, not Clint, Gamer. Gabe Olderberg, my boy o, Odie, um, Ryan Johannemeyer, Rashawn Salam, Drew Walrus. Who else? And, and, and the list goes on and on and on. And I understand people want to stop it now, and that's great. Sean Tufts, I just want you to tell everybody what you're doing, your stuff with Rick George, and I saw it on the, the broadcast when Clat came into town for the Arizona State game. Let's talk about what you're doing a little bit, bro, because I'm so proud of you for doing it and what Bust for Life is doing, and I, I'm, I'm, your leadership here is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, man, so it, exactly that conversation you just had is one that needs to be repeated over and over again, right, because we don't do ourselves any favors behind not talking about how we're feeling. I'm terrible at it, and we're the perfect—we're by far the worst possible psychology nightmare, right? Because number one, the things that made us great at sports—the ability to persevere, self-reliance, independence, um, like the willingness to not lose—right? Those things are a perfect cocktail for mental health problems. They—they just are. The other side of that is we're also coachable. We're also, um, once we get on a plan for help, we know how to execute it and get it done, right? And that's unlike any frat kid at CU or any other just general major. So
1: talk about what Buffs for Life is doing.
0: So a lot of people talk about mental health, right? And they say, oh, we should do something about mental health. And, oh, we should do something about mental health. Well, we went one level down. And we said, hey, what's causing stress in people's lives, right? And a lot of this stemmed after Drew passed away. And it's not
1: That was terrible by the way. It still is terrible.
0: And it's not a CU thing, man. I had three I played three years in the NFL. I had three people on my team that could That's so
1: a life thing. So I life. think I think for every year I've played football, I've lost at least one person.
0: Yeah, That's my number. Uh, this problem is an identity problem. Matt walks down the street. Have you ever seen Matt on the street, turn away. But
1: <laughs> Or come from the left.
0: Or come from the left.
1: I will never see it coming. <laughs> Got me.
0: It's an image thing, man. Your whole life, you've been baked as a football player. I walk into an office meeting. I got a regular corporate job. I walk into a room, and they're like, hey, what sport did you play? And I'm just a generic, tall, white guy, and people assume that, right? You go from that being your image, your master class, your master stasis, everybody talks to me about football, to not having that and losing that rigor and losing that thing. It's the same thing a surgeon would face if he lost his his touch. A lawyer that gets this bar—that's This whole identity is wrapped around that. I
1: can't just become Dr. Strange if my, my shit doesn't work gotta out. i got
0: to learn magic.
1: <laughs> Bummer.
0: All right, so Buster Life took one level down. We analyzed what stressors are out there, and we built some programs around things we know that people get stressed out about. Family, I got them, you got them, everybody's got them. They are a big stressing point, especially when you start seeing you know, kids out of wedlock or divorces, those kind of things. So we built structure around that. Substance abuse is a big one, whether it's pills, Huge. alcohol, whatever else, right? Did your like, part-time party habit in college turn into like a 35-year-old party habit?
1: 35-year-old party habits aren't party habits. It's addiction. Yeah. <laughs> and look, yeah. uh, we're going to go full circle on this. I'm going to talk to you about it. But when you talk about addiction... I was at a uh, at a play for my son this morning at a school and one of the guys who works for the Broncos one of the uh, you know the up management people he's not a player he's not a coach I can't remember his name because I've get hit in the head too much thanks a lot Sean. um it, it, you know a fan was talking to him about Swag Kelly and all that and he got cut and the the guys like he deserved to get cut and I'm sitting there like man addiction's a disease and and you know it's I doubt the kid deserves to get cut, but it seems to me that people are really, really, really unforgiving unless it's something that is directly happening to them. Yeah. It makes it it really hard for people to feel comfortable enough to come out and say what I just said. Like, I'm literally sitting here having anxiety about what we just talked about on the show because I know it's going to get used against me. 100,000 fucking percent.
0: Well, that's a problem, right? Like, these things aren't, uh, like yeah addiction is an opt-in to some point but at some point that flips right at some point that becomes a that's
1: why it's called addiction it's not a choice
0: yeah it stops being a choice right? and,
1: and look i i realized why at one point i looked at myself in the mirror and said Alcohol's not your friend anymore bro and i stopped drinking so there's a difference i made to, a choice
0: and there's a difference between being upfront about things you struggle with and getting caught breaking into someone's house right People will always just chilling.
1: Hey, how you doing? Who the fuck are you, man? I'm Swag Kelly. It's 2 a.m. Cute four-year-old. Yeah, nice four-year-old. What are you doing, breastfeeding?
0: But that's the thing. People always judge. (laughs) Is the other one occupied? (laughs) I'm thirsty. (laughs) What what you got in there?
1: What you got there? (laughs) Is that vitamin D? All right, moving on. Fuck.
0: So people will always judge someone who does something stupid, I think. And, you know, that's kind of a natural reaction, but... You know, let's level down and see what's going on in that dude's life. That he's replacing and sacrificing a really, really good job when he probably won't get again, because he wants to do these other things. Right? There was other stuff happening at that party.
1: Yeah, yeah apparently he was, he trying, was trying to fight people, the like the, the security folks and have words with Vaughn and a bunch <laughs> of other shit too. How do you fight a security guard at a private party? I don't know, bro. It's, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a problem.
0: All right, man. So family, substance abuse, um, physical health. Obviously, football's got. You know, it's a meat grinder, man. It's That's a
1: 100. A, I listened to Rex uh, Ryan say this, but it is 100% injury risk. 100%. Not even close. 100%.
0: And we all got them in there. The, it, the question is, do they limit you, right? We do a special protection or special focus on spine. As you know, spine fusions are big and bad. Ugh, they Those are terrible. Are uh, Dude, it's so awful. I hate it. We're in this brand new world, the CTE. And, you know, the who's that? Merrill Hodge just wrote a book about, you know, De-stigmatizing CTE
1: made me really angry. Did it? Oh my god, it made me so. I think it's so irresponsible.
0: I haven't read his points yet.
1: His his opinion is CTE is CTE's not an opinion. It's a fucking fact. The it's question, there.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the question is, what's the what is CTE what is the cause? No, we know the cause. What's it, where does it fit in the equation? It's not the thing. It will accelerate. This is my belief. Now I'm talking about my soapbox. Mm-hmm. It's my belief that if you've got a big CTE case. You're less resilient to problems. You can't recover as quick to mental setbacks. You can't setbacks. change
1: your mindset. You, you, you linger on things. Yeah, you linger Yeah, on. me. That's exactly my problem.
0: So it accelerates other problems that we think are in this kind of model. We build a bus for life, right? And it accelerates those problems and make you harder to recover on a lot of different ways. So we got that physical piece, and then we also have career. And honestly, I would say if there's a boogeyman out there, it's the career part. And I was just talking to Will Precheck in the lobby about, like, what are you doing next? Because once you pull this rigor away of being an athlete, once you pull this image away of being an athlete, and you don't have a reason to get up. I read an article Nate, about Nate Jackson, former Bronco. He said he sat in his basement for seven months before someone contacted
1: him. Bro, I'd do the same thing. I'd go home and turn my phone off and, and like, fade away into the basement. Because I have social anxiety bad. I have bad social anxiety disorder because I don't want to... I, I'm not trying to go out into the real world and get attacked every five minutes, man. And maybe also the the inability to separate anger from from what's happening and having every and not being able to step back and go, what's going on here. Most people can do that that haven't had their head turned into fucking hamburger meat.
0: You've always had a temper, though. That ain't new.
1: Yeah, but it, it's also not. It this doesn't help it, bro. It doesn't help it at all. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, man, that's the thing. We built some programming and and having a career focus and making sure people got a reason to get up and go to a gym, go to a whatever, go to a counselor, go to a something, like to get out of bed and have a purpose. Have purpose. You can't take these guys that are playing Sundays and Saturdays. You can't take them and make them idle. Right. And the guys that get in the biggest trouble are the guys that play the longest, I think. Junior Seyoff, for example. He did 16, 17 years. Or Something 19. like that. I think it was 19, Almost
1: 20, I believe. 20 I mean, a kid is – or that, that grown-ass man played for a very, very long time. All right, so how can people reach out the bus for life? And they're not just helping ex-players. Nick Fisher, the safety up there, is your, you know, your, your is consigli- essentially, when like it comes I'm to that. that well, whatever. <laughs> he, he's your he's your right-hand man up there, right, for what, current players? Yeah, He's the so, guy you can go to for help. You know, Tell everybody what we're cool. doing there before we move into the Buffs.
0: So it's actually cool. Rick George and actually one of the uh, soccer players up there said, hey, we need to have a mental health component in all of our sports. So one person on each sport is designated as the mental health champion. Nice. And they're connecting active players in cross-country athletes, all that stuff, to the right resources who are paid physicians at CU. Right? They're taking it super serious. And it dovetails exactly to what we're doing on the back end So for us, and, you know, in working with Rick George, we see a super strong path of support from when they enter CU to, you know, when they're super done and out. Now, the trick is getting people to admit their problems, right? That conversation you had, getting people to, like... It's really hard. Oh, man, I'm the worst. Uh, Someone told me the other day, they said, Sean, you could be standing in five inches of shit. You would tell me it would smell good because I just don't ignore it. It's just not something that, that registers on my pain skin.
1: I'm terrible about cavity. it,
0: bro. Bro, you know my dentist. Oh, yeah. dentist, too. Yes, yeah. We'll tell that story later.
1: Matt Mock? Matt Mock. Matt Mock. Yeah.
0: So I have a cavity that's slowly falling out, and I have not called my dentist yet. I can't drink. Yeah, look at that. Uh-huh. Yeah, see? We're Same thing. Tea. Yeah. God, my we're so
1: similar. It's disgusting.
0: Falling out. And you know what my action is? I'm not calling the dentist. You know what I'm doing? I put my tongue on the <laughs> when I drink coffee or cold water. I
2: love it, too.
0: How dumb is that? Stupid. How dumb is that? Super and stupid. That, that is a really good metaphor for how we approach mental health. No, I'll just stick my tongue on it. It'll, it'll go away eventually.
1: Well, dude, what you're doing, how, first of all, how can people get a hold of you or how can people get a hold of bus for Life to seek help? And they're not just saying, look, I believe this. You could be a fucking CSU Ram or a Nebraska Cornhusker, and if you're struggling, we will help you.
0: Of course. Uh, 100%. Yeah, so we ended up helping probably four or five athletes a month, maybe. It's hopefully little stuff, right? But there are some bigger cases, especially with some older, you know, we, we have an older population, too, that's got cancer issues and car accidents and big things. Terrible. But, you know, John Hessler's a good example, right? He got Hess, man. Almost paralyzed. Great people. Um, and so we're helping people kinda all the time. Busforlife.org dot org has our, our contact info. for
1: Life dot org.
0: You can reach out to me. Uh the Haninski family up at Washington State, they reached out to me on Twitter. The 54. young
1: man that took his own life, the yep. quarterback. Yeah. Oh, terrible.
0: So yeah, Tufts fifty four is me on Twitter, that's my public persona. You can do Bus for Life on Twitter. Okay. You know, it's not hard to find us.
1: All right, reach out folks. And Sean David, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Busforlife, for Life, tip of the cap. You are the point of the spear here. And uh From an ex-buff who struggles at times, uh, I'm so, so, so thankful for all the work being put in. And people, if you're struggling, reach out to somebody. This is somebody coming from somebody who struggles. And I'm terrible at reaching out to people for help. And I'm telling you to do it. And if you want to judge, judge. Get it over with.
0: Dude, Matt, before we move on, man, that was a really powerful thing you said. Like Admitting your struggles should not be something people should feel badly about. Right? We pocket too much of this stuff, man, and I know that stuff weighs on you and I know it's 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 something that's kinda in and out on your day as you go through life, man. And you know, I want you to know people support you. People trust what you're telling them. Thanks, brother. You do a great job at this gym coaching young men. And we it, as men and peers have to have to hug on that, man. We gotta we gotta acknowledge that, that shit ain't weakness, dude. That's just just honesty. And there's nothing wrong with that.
1: You're getting me all teary-eyed over here. Fuck off. Um, <clears throat> all right. You're, you're my brother, bro. I love you, and you've always been there for me. And that's honestly, I, I love the fact that you're on the show, and we can talk about this shit. All right. So we went out to the game at Nebraska and Lincoln together. We drove there, drove home together. That was awesome. The Buffs just lost at Washington and at USC the, the last two weeks on back-to-back tough road games. They're sitting at five and two. Chance to get bowl eligible this weekend. I'm going to be at the game on Saturday, down on the sideline. You know, really, I, I really hope that I see the team. I think they can be. Give me your opinion on the Buffs so far this year, uh, and, and let's let's talk about what we saw at Washington, what we like, what we don't like, and then let's see if we can figure out a way that we can make the Buffs five and zero to finish the season and finish ten and two. And I think this wholeheartedly, if they finish ten and two. I think they win the South because that means they're beating Utah. Utah yeah, just beat SC. The yeah, they win the South at 10-2. and two. They can't lose another game and win the South. I personally think if they can take care of business against Oregon State, Washington State, when they get that game against Utah down the road, that is going to be – there's the game where we say, how do we build a, a rivalry with Utah? We have to have it so both teams are good and whoever wins goes, and that's what's going to happen this year, in my opinion. Thoughts?
0: You know, I'm waiting for – but two thoughts, right? One's on the team. One's on our mantra. Do you wear the color red? Never,
1: never, dude. Because it's wrong. They because told me not 19, to, and I 19, believe it.
0: Because in 1986. Because
1: the pride of the tradition of the Colorado Buffaloes will not be entrusted to the Timidor the week. Damn
0: it! Yeah. Uh, so Bill McCartney in 1986 walked in and said, "Nebraska is our measuring stick. We will be measured on our performance against Nebraska. We will beat them. This is our goal." If we don't do that against Southern California, we're never going to be the dominant force. So inside. we
1: should chain, We should chase that rivalry then is what you're saying?
0: I'm saying is you won't get out of the South if you lose to SC.
1: Well, how did Utah get over this hump of thinking SC's – I don't think you scared. I know Coach Shiv's not scared of SC, but when you run against SC primarily and, you know, halfway through the third quarter going into the fourth, something like that, 47% of your plays have started behind the line of scrimmage. There, right? It's just when they – the the one time they lined up in Wildcat and ran right at them, they went for 60 and a touch. CU, and I've said this on this show and I'll continue to say it, and I'd love to get your opinion on this. The Pac-12 is what it is. Utah is a Mountain West team that caught hot the right time. If CSU would have been in that situation, they'd be in the fucking Pac-12 yep. right now. So it was a missed opportunity for the guys in Fort Collins. Utah just happened to hit – You know, it hit with Urban Meyer. See, that's the thing, man. Urban Meyer coached at CSU, too. I guarantee you that would. It's either here nor there, but they missed the boat there. CSU could have easily been where Utah's at right now. CU came from the the Big 8, Big 12. We are a blue-collar Midwestern football team with California and Texas recruiting routes that will line up and shorten your fucking neck. We are here to beat the shit out of you. What do we always say against Pac-12 teams that we played? Oh, Super Soft. We go out there, and if you annihilate them and play physical with them, you will beat the shit out of them. And I'd say with the exception of USC in 03, where they walked in with Santin McCullough and Carson Palmer and Paul Amalu and all those boys and just throttled the fuck out of us, with the exception of that game, I don't see another Pac-10-12 game that we played in college where we got handled. Now Washington State beat us by twenty when we were when you were a senior and I was a junior, that that was but crazy. that wasn't handled. They returned a kickoff for a touchdown. They returned a punt for a touchdown. We
0: never lost to USC.
1: Well, we never lost UCLA. Oh, sorry, UCLA. We yeah. beat the shit out of UCLA twice. It, it's. It, I think that if you can line up and just take that. That blue collar fucking, you know, shorten the neck and run north and south on people mentality with CU, especially with this team, they're going to have a real chance to be special.
0: Look, man, you got to be something different. I don't think that in CU's placement in the Pac-12, I don't think you can play the same game as SC and expect to win. I think you need to be the anomaly. Big 12 football... Kansas State is an anomaly. they got a bunch of Midwestern cord-fed dudes that And
1: Dalton Reisner, the the big tackles from Wiggins High School out here in Eastern Colorado, part of the Dungeon family, probably going to be – I think he should be the first lineman off the board. I think he's a stud. He's a first-rounder.
0: I've heard that outside this gym too. So I think if we're the anomaly in the Pac-12, we'll do really well for ourselves. If we try to chase what SC is doing, we're never going to get there.
1: So, okay, okay. So chance to beat SC, don't get it done. Chance to beat Washington. Don't get it done. Also, uh, did we pack the wrong pants? Am I missing oh, something, dude? Terrible, what right? the fuck is going on there? Black and gold. I'm not trying to criticize everything, but at the same time, like if we're gonna do silver helmets, can we and silver pants? Cool, but why silver and gold and white? Like I was so confused.
0: Because recruits.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. Like the, the color combo is all fucked up. It <laughs> seems like we packed the wrong pants. Whatever. What, what are you taking from the Washington game, man? I mean, it, it, I'm more I'm more apt to think the Washington game is a better opportunity to grow off of than the FC game. The FC game, I was kind of sick to my stomach. I felt like we didn't take advantage of we opportunities. Yes. Washington us. beat us. I think Washington beat us because when it was at a point where it was a six-point game, they just kind of put their foot down and, and took over. SC handed us the ball game. We had two interceptions on the first three drive on the plus side of the 50. If they go down and get 10 points off of that, the game's fucking over. And then Chanel runs it in at 17 nothing or 21 nothing, and we are slamming the door in SC's face. So, full circle, what do they need to do here to maximize the next five weeks, ex-captain Sean Tufts?
0: I think you're right. I think the Washington moment was a tipping point. Because you know what? They, they, uh, they, they, Beat us, yeah. We lost the game. It was a seven point game, and we were missing some of our heavy hitters, right? Obviously, Chenault's out. I mean, that's terrible. Uh,
1: They're missing a ton of guys. Winfrey was coming back. He was hurt still.
0: Uh, McIntyre's out. McIntyre's out. You missed the captain. Frankie, I think he's out. Frankie
1: lost for the season. I feel so terrible for 56, man. That kid's such a worker. And he's just, he's one of those cats that always shows up and does his job. He's not going to wow you with anything, but he's consistent and he's a senior. You never want to see a senior get hurt oh, like that. Was, it may be the last time he ever plays, bro. So I'm uh, just five six, man. Sorry, bro. Keep your head up.
0: So the what was our record in 2000? Remember? 3-8.
1: and
0: eight. What was our record in
1: 2001?
0: 10-2. 10-2. What was the difference between that team? Was it truly seven it was wins? three guys. Three guys? Three
1: no. guys. Well, we lost like three starters. Oh, yeah. We lost
0: yeah. three guys. We, I ain't no, never seen
1: no Hop beat no Buffalo.
0: Jay Green. I'm
1: I ain't never sure. seen no Sooner beat no Buffalo. Again, I've never heard you shut the fuck up, Javon. <laughs> no, I remember that, man. It, did, I, it was players taking over. It was the meeting that Victor and Dre and Bannon and Pescevano called and said, the coaches are the coaches, the players are the players. We are too good to play like this after Fresno. Remember?
0: No, I remember Oki State. That's the one I remember.
1: In Stillwater?
0: In Stillwater. Victor Rogers breaking the chalkboard. Oh, my God. He's
1: got the shit out of me.
0: Yeah, he still does. Uh, I was
1: like, Vic, I'm not the chalkboard. Leave me alone.
0: Man, so the, there's a couple things you got to have to make a team good. You've got to have the talent, right? See who's got that right now. Montez, great. Landman, great. You know, the front seven, I think, needs to
1: Landman's get, making 53 look good. So You hate that number. 53 is a terrible number. number. But he's <laughs> making it look good, man. That kick and play, too.
0: So you need the talent. They got that past that you need to learn how to win a game and learning how to win a game is the hardest thing you can do in any sport football.
1: show me a lot in lincoln And i understand that they're not a very good team right now but they were O and O when we played them and that atmosphere that it was unbelievable we were on the side on the whole game and the bus found a way to win that game lincoln didn't just or nebraska didn't just hand it to us continue and
0: I, think, and I think we're right on that cusp you you didn't see that sc you saw it at Washington, where they just are one play away from learning how to put the nail on someone's so in someone.
1: So, in the fourth quarter, when they decided to punt it at the midfield with five minutes left or so, and then they went for it the next time they got the ball with two minutes left, I was I was screaming at the TV. Why aren't you going? Because then Washington got it and scored. So I, I can live with I can live with playing to win if we lose, but I can't live with playing not to lose and still lose if that makes sense.
0: You know, I think you could question somebody. I'm
1: not trying to criticize everything either. I just it's my job to be transparent and honest i'm not going after shiv or anybody no one deserves to be fired i mean I, I listen to some shit from people man and they're like they're like ah we should fire everyone and i'm like are you fucking people nuts
0: first off the whole sports community can't get over the fact that if we lose a game we should fire people like no there's no teams, turn why
1: over would now. we why would we fire everyone
0: you don't fire ways to win you
1: don't fire anybody i uh, coach mac Think about, you know, no offense to Mbo and EB, they inherited it a fucking disaster. Super, soft. super, super disaster. I can't believe that CU did them the way they did, but it is what it is. Um, Coach Mack rebuilt this place from literal ashes. When Hawkins' stupid ass walked in and said, oh, this place is burned to the ground and we're not working with anything. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? There are tons of NFL players in that room, bro. Tons and tons. And Vickers and Wheatley and all those cats. He I mean, inherited all those guys. And then he's the one that burnt it to the fucking ground. Bro, up. you dropped gasoline out of the plane and dropped a match. And we were
0: like, peace, napalm, bitch. So the thing I think you've seen this current staff that is encouraging, I think Shiverini's adjustments are always on point. But I
1: think he does do a great job adjusting. I'll give him that.
0: Uh, the only thing I'll critique, and you saw it in Nebraska, you saw it in Washington, it's a little bit late. And I think that's just him. Learning who his team is. Do you think he's he the
1: future is. head coach at CU down the road?
0: I think he's a future head coach. I, I I think he's got that material. I think he's a great play caller. I think, as we said on those adjustments, he's he's doing the right things. Uh, do I think it's a race to see who gets him? Probably. Same way with Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City right now.
1: So that said, if if Shiv Shiv's going to get opportunities to be an HC this year, I guaranteed. What is he, would you pay the same amount of money to keep him as an OC? I would, because I don't want that cat leaving, and then a year or two from now, Mac decides to take a Vanderbilt job or something where his daddy coached or tech or something like that where he played, and then all of a sudden shivs at fucking Cal. That would really piss me off. I'd be mad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: You know, man, I think we were watching... We were criticizing Chris Peterson a little bit. We were criticizing CU for not getting Chris Peterson, Harry yeah. Hawk, right? He, Chris Peterson is... He wouldn't have been as successful at CU as he is at Washington because he's you got don't think so? I don't. Why? He's got the right connections up there to get the right recruits into Seattle that he had at Boise. When you take a head coach job, it's not just about your talent; it's about your network, it's about your support, it's about.
1: Like, it's less about coaching and more about
0: everything else. Yeah, the running of the being business. a CEO. Yeah, being the being the runner of business, a CEO. So I think. You know, I don't care what CU does. Shiv needs to do the right thing for him, right? We can talk about this brotherhood and all that stuff, but Shiv needs to take care of his family and have a good job. So I hope that he's patient enough to go take a position that would be strong for him, right? Like a Texas Tech would be a great position for him to go back to, right? Uh, Cliff's not going anywhere, though. No, he's not, and he shouldn't. But that would be a win for him. If he takes a, a job at Rutgers... That's all brand new, man. He can't do anything.
1: Yeah, you don't want to go to Rutgers. You don't
0: want to go to Rutgers. Places, Can you do something at like K-State? Probably. 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 Same recruiting path. You know, he's played in the conference. He knows a little bit about what that's I doing.
1: just – I don't want to lose him somewhere when he should be here. We'll, we'll see what happens there. All right, so – I Moving
0: I want you to go get paid and go do what he's got to well, do. Oh yeah,
1: that too. <laughs> Moving into Oregon State here. I think the CU is going to mop the fuck out of the Beavers this weekend. I think it's an opportunity to go hang 60 on somebody if they could. Oregon State's playing better, but they're bad.
0: If we can put a nail in them early,
1: the game's over. Well, you can't over. you can't let them linger like they did last year in Corvallis cuz that was that turned into a really good game because we didn't put the nail in the coffin like you're just saying. We didn't swing the hammer hard enough early.
0: If this team puts or puts 50 on Oregon State, this team is a different team the rest of the, the, rest of the
1: year. I agree. We can't this struggle is, with them, though. they got to go out and beat that ass.
0: This is their high-water mark, I think. I think coming off of two bad losses and coming back and doubling down and saying, fuck you, we're the goddamn team. How do we, Put, get, how
1: do we take this momentum and run with it?
0: Yeah, we're putting 60 on this team, and then we're clearing the rest of the Big 12.
1: Center. I love it, man. All, All right, right, so we'll, we'll so see. Yeah, it's okay. It's habit. I, I think CU will beat the shit out of Oregon State this weekend, and I'll be up at the game. Are you going to go? Yeah, I'll be there. Nice, I'll be man.
0: sitting with the band with my kid.
1: Hey, Loves the band. band man. Loves the band. <laughs> All right, so moving into the Denver Broncos, and then we'll get you out of here. My man Will Preach is going to finish up the show with me here yeah, on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network here at Six Zero Studios at Six Zero Strength and Fitness. Check out the bridge. Check out Strength.com. Remember you can follow myself at BSN Unchained on Twitter and at at Six Zero Strength on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll try and keep Doing good, good stuff, and the 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 top six is, six is coming out for the film breakdown of the Broncos and the and the Cardinals. Uh, that'll be up on on Denver dot com here shortly. I'd imagine by today. Uh, Allie, you're the shit. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, thank you very much for all the hard work you put in there. That is not an easy job at all. Um, okay, so. The Denver Broncos, okay, good. They beat the shit out of the Cardinals. Everything we expected them to do. That's awesome.
0: That was a fun game to watch. It
1: was fun, okay. I've watched it four or five times on on the NFL Network. They have the back view of the real NFL tape. So they really look good. Um, the Swag Kelly thing. <laughs> it, it's bad. You know, now the politically correct police are going after Halloween. So I'm sure that's going to be real fun. Um he got cut. Does he deserve to lose his job over this? I don't know. I don't know if he deserves to lose his job. I do know that if you're not... I would have rather him, like, tested positive for alcohol. The fact that there's no alcohol in the system... Yeah, what was he on, right? And, and like, he's still getting in this kind of trouble and soaring his words and doesn't really remember, and he's trying to fight Vaughn and the security, and, like... He's in some random lady's house on Lincoln. He's lucky he didn't get fucking shot. Right. Honestly, bro, because you, it, breaks into your house? Those, you break into my house. All you're going to hear is click, click. That's the last thing you're going to hear. Uh, but they had every right to defend their their home. It's a, a, a woman in there feeding her child. He's, I'm really surprised he didn't get hurt. And then on top of all that, like if you're John Elway, I, I understand that Kelly probably walked in and said, John, this is what I was on. I don't like the fact that they just cut him because I think that you should try and help the kid reform his life. I think that this is an op. This is going to be a bad turn for Chad. He's going to go into the fucking pit of despair here, essentially. And a dilly dilly. But it reminds me a lot of like Kenny McKinley. Kenny McKinley was a guy I played with here from South Carolina who ended up taking his own life after a lot of bad shit happened to him when he was with the Broncos. I just I feel that Swag Kelly is on alert right now like the people in his life need to go put his arm around him and see what's going on he needs to be in some kind of treatment program because something's happening he's either taking pills or he's 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 doing coke or he's on molly something's happening because he had no alcohol in his system none and he's still getting arrested for criminal trespassing and shit this is bad it's bad luck i feel really bad for the kid
0: well i mean yes i feel bad for him um The people he needs in his life are maybe not this month because he'll have more than enough support i think it's like six months from now right when this really sets in that's when he really needs the support right because there's gonna be an outpouring for him right now to get help and all that stuff but where is he in six months nine months a year also i just wish i wish society had enough patience that the broncos would be would have been supported to put him in a treatment plant like like the browns did with josh gordon not that that had a happy ending but You know what? They let him go get himself. pretty
1: happy to me. He's getting paid. He's in New England.
0: Yeah. They let him leave, go get his stuff right, come back to the team with a warm embrace, show he's healthy, show he can still play. And then you know what? Your place is not in Cleveland. Your place is somewhere else. I wish the NFL had a support structure where we could take these guys, get them back on their feet, get them out there. Because I I don't know Chad from anything I've never met in my
1: life. Does it deserve to just get thrown to the curb, though, like this? If he's got a problem? yeah, but look, Matty Russell. I love Matt Russell. He made a bad decision, way worse than this from what I can gather. Yeah. And, I guess, and yeah. how is it any difference? They supported Matt and kept him around. They supported Vaughn through his problems and kept him around. It just, it, You've got to support your quote-unquote family. And if you're going to preach football as family to me, this kind of shit can't happen. And I'm not criticizing Elway or Vance or the Broncos. They made a decision. I, Kelly's wrong. He made a bad choice. It cost him his job. This is a, this is a this is one of those things where you look back. If something bad happens to Kelly, and you're like, man, I wish he would have had more support. He doesn't have any support now. It's over. It's gone. He's not part of the team anymore. They don't give a shit. And move on with your life. And that is the cold hard reality of the National Football League. National Football League means not. For long,
0: do, and do you remember your last minute in the locker room after you got cut?
1: I I retired I, right yeah. after Billy ran me over in a golf cart, and McDaniel's really laughed about it and shit. Exit, and I was like, "Wow, I can't fucking do this to myself anymore." I remember leaving- that circumstance hurt me so bad, bro. Uh, it's, it
0: should
1: felt like a, there was a death in my family. And look, man, I had every single person in my life telling me to sue the fuck out of Bannon when it happened. Sue his ass. He just signed a $28 million contract. And I didn't sue him. and I didn't call the cops. and I didn't run his name through the mud because he's my brother. That's not right. I'm not sue-happy like everybody else in the fucking world. That got me nowhere, too. We don't even talk to each other anymore. I'm the fucking asshole for getting ran over by a golf cart. Like, I've had several people been like, well, why did you do this or that? And I'm like, yeah, why the fuck was I in the way? I'm so sorry I was in the way while he ran me the fuck over in a golf cart. So... Support, I support, support like support's tricky because there's some people, he was on the left too, so I never saw it coming. And that's a, a joke, but it's also true. Um, I think support's tricky. I think there's a lot of people who say they want to support and say they're your family and your friends, and then the minute you actually need help, they are nowhere to be fucking seen.
0: You know, Matt, the one thing I love about you is that you will challenge your friends and you will challenge them to stick with you and see who, who sticks around and doubles down. And it's true. Sometimes it's shrouded in F-bomb, but... You it's know, just a I, word. <laughs> you know, you, you, you let people tell you how they want to treat you, right? And that's an interesting thing, man. Some people don't do that. Some people kind of pretend to be your friend, right?
1: Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. Sucks. It sucks. All right, well, look. Moving forward into this, Kelly is done with the Broncos, Do I think that the NFL needs to reform the way that they deal with things like this? Absolutely. Do I think the drug testing program is a fucking joke? Yeah. They drug test you once a year. If you're in the program, they're not talking to you about substance abuse and addiction. They're talking to you about don't, 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 don't. It's not how can we help you? It's don't hurt the image. Don't hurt the shield. You're making the NFL look bad. I also think it's a way to control the players. Period. It's a way to control the players and make it seem like the players are our are drug addicts or something. Then they're not. They should, Honestly, they should just stop testing for weed because they only test for it once a year and, they, and everyone smokes. Um, but going full circle here, do you think that a product like NeuroXPF can help? And don't just agree with me. Kyle Turley is... The man that made this product, it's CBD-based. There's no THC in it. I take it every day. I'm wearing a NeuroXPF shirt right now, for God's sakes. What is your thoughts on the CBD revolution? And honestly, if it can help me get off of Celebrex and Tramadol and not getting shot in my shoulder and in my lo- my ass cheek to deal with the pain in my five-level fused back, and I can help it so it breaks up some of the inflammation and lactic acid buildup and all the, all the problems I'm having with my spinal stenosis in my neck and all the herniations, and I can use that product. To help my shoulder when they replace it, so I don't have to go back on painkillers or any of that. I feel like that's pretty productive. But the NFL is pretty anti everything if they're not getting a kickback. Thoughts?
0: Yeah, the NFL is hypocrites anyway. They, I mean, you can't
1: unbelievably you hypocritical. Can't on one hand
0: when I when I retired from football, I had a medicine cabinet full of Vicodin. That that shouldn't be no just bad. So I, they're not in it for they're in it for PR. They're not in it for care. That's okay. That's their business. I get it. You know, I don't have any opinion on CBD. I've talked to three people who were pretty beat up, you being one of them. And, you know, they said, hey, this helped me get through the day. I think there's five or six things in the world that can do that. And you got to go find those five or six things. I agree. You know, for if it's CBD, try it. It works great. If it's meditation, if it's yoga, if it's just hydration. In the age stretching. of
1: information, ignorance is a choice.
0: Yeah, Exactly. So you're gonna find some things that help you cope and get through the day and you know what i've talked to people great success with cbd i've never messed with it you know me i'm kind of a straight edge dude kind of i mean i, I played a little whiskey every now and then but nothing more than that so i just the really amount of times
1: it. i tried to get you to smoke or even take a chew i mean we had to hold you down on a bed once to try and just get a chew in your mouth it took like eight of us
0: <laughs> and you never got it in? no never
1: i think i got my ass kicked pretty hard for it too it's like I'm done fucking with him, man. He's like a spider monkey. I'm just gonna get flailed and kicked in the head. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna give you some of this SNOO XPF. I got a bunch of samples. I, want, I actually want you to check it out and see if it helps with some of the pain and anguish you got in your in your old body there. I mean, whatever
0: uh, works for you, man. Whatever works for to get your mind calm, your body feeling good, your your, your spirit in the right spot. Right. Obviously, anything healthy. But yeah. Dude, that's what we need to do, man. I agree. Quit pretending there's not a problem.
1: All right. So, everybody, go check out neuroxpf.com. Remember, you can log on. The promo code is 6015. It'll give you a 15% discount. We sell it on the shelf here at 60. We're the only place in the state that does that. Uh, so, come down, check out the product, check out the gym. Uh, you know, NeuroXpf uh, brings you the first half of today's show. So, make sure you check it out. Thank you to Kyle Turley and Stacey Turley for all they do. Uh, it's a product that I live and. and, and uh, that I live with every day and I, I make it work for me and it's helped me a ton up to this point. So check it out.
0: Kyle is a good dude, right? He's
1: awesome, man. He's, he's, he's a great stuff. guy. Yeah. And Not he, you know, after, after Junior killed himself and all that, all those problems, Kyle decided to do something about it and that's why he started this company. So this is the future of medicine, sports medicine, in my opinion. It's the tip of the spear. I'm doing everything humanly possible to push it to the guys I work with here and the state of Colorado to help them. Uh, CBD is a huge part or a, a huge uh, thing right now and there's a lot of people using it there's no thc in this product so it this is specifically formulated for athletes so they do not get in trouble for using the product so check it out
0: hey it's a rough market too right you're there's damn right snake oil CBD. oh dude oil.
1: there's some real shady shit so you got to be really careful that's the reason i'm doing it with kyle because yeah. i he played in the league he knows what he's talking about and honestly you know it's it this helped him so much get off of all the painkillers and celebrex and antipsychotics and all this other bullshit if, if he can if it can help him like this it can help anybody like this yeah so man, I, yeah I so look we're gonna we're gonna bring will pre in here to to close down the second half of the show my brother sean david tufts thank you so much for coming down hey, tell being a part of this real? yeah shit yeah man get it in
0: all right so us going to, do you remember what you were doing the whole ride out to Lincoln? How long was that ride?
1: Uh, it's supposed to be eight hours, but I think we did it in about five and a half. <laughs> we, we were flying. Yeah. Uh. Dude, man,
0: I got I to congratulate you on something, and this is something I want to make public, too. I watched you work to get kids on the field at Lincoln on that drive. To Nebraska, work, of all places. Right? Watched you talking with coaches, talking with players, organizing kids getting on the field at CSU, on the fields in Boulder, on the fields everywhere else. I got to commend you, man. You, you work harder to get kids placed than anyone I've ever seen. And you work Thank harder you, to get those kids aware of where they're going and what they're doing on the field, off the field, but also trying to create that bridge. Right. And make sure that I believe it. I think it's real. I've watched you do it. And I want to commend you for that. I think it's a really cool program that no one else can do. When you walk into six zero strength, the first thing on your left is the bulletin board, with all the coaches, business cards tacked up to the wall. And I mean, it's everybody. Which is pretty cool, man. We well, no just walked is... in
1: here today, and there were coaches in here meeting with me about players. Yeah. It's College, crazy. We
0: had to delay this podcast because yeah. you're talking to a coach that's way it works. scholarships yeah. for players. man.
1: So I appreciate that, Sean. I mean, it, it's something that I really care about this community, and I'm trying to change the way it's viewed. So, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, brother, thank you very much for coming in doing the show. Uh, remember, you can follow Sean on Twitter at...
0: Tufts 54.
1: Tufts 54. Uh, all right. So McChesney Unchained rolls here. Uh, Will Precheck is going to join us in studio here in a second. Sean David, thank you very much, brother.
0: Thank you, man.
1: And we continue here on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Coming to you from 6-0 Studios here at 6-0 Strength and Fitness, I'm Matt McChesney. Uh, as always, 6-0 Strength and Fitness is a bridge to the next level for any and all that are willing to put in the work. Whether you're a high school kid looking for a college opportunity, whether you're a college guy trying to get ready for Pro Day or Combine to get to the NFL level, or whether you're an NFL guy trying to get a little trick of the trade so you can stay in the NFL, that's what this place is. It's truly a bridge. Check out 60strength.com and you'll see all of the success and, and the guys that have been in this room and, and putting in the work uh, day in and day out for so long uh, from the the league to the high school. So just... Off the top of my head, last week alone, recruits from six zero that are on the road out there uh, on visits: UNLV, Jackson Hoops, and Andrew Group. Uh, Wisconsin, Aiden Akiakea from Akiakea-Kana, uh, Alphabet from Mullen, uh, the nose tackle, was up at Wisconsin. He's got about 15 offers. UCLA, Kyle Remington, Chase Lopez, Miles Ruiz, and Chase Penny were out there uh, visiting UCLA on Saturday night. Texas Tech, Ethan Fraser, the outstanding linebacker from Thunder Ridge, was down there. Nebraska had Trey Zune. Uh, Nebraska Westland, who just offered John at Johnny Crutch out there. He just got a second offer from Westland. Uh, Wyoming at Tay Bueller and Cam Smith and Ryan Criaspo from Broomfield up there. Uh, Minnetow State had uh, uh, Snowman and Aiden Scott. UNC had Garrett Beckman. And there's been a ton of offers out. Uh, You know, there's guys getting offered left and right outside the room. So, just off the top of my head from the offers, we got uh, Aiden Akiakea, Collins, Elijah Taylor, Reese Satterberry, Bear Miller, Drake Nugent, Austin Johnson, Colin Lavelle, uh, Trustin Oliver, Jackson Hoops, Andrew Grout, Garrett Beckman, Alex Padilla, Alex, or. Alex Padilla, Alec Pell, Roger Rosengarten, Johnny Crutch, A.J. Ortiz, Pierce Hawley, Ethan Frazier, Spencer Lambert, Zach Niederman, Hayden Eisenhart, Brandon OKKKK, Carson Lee, Michael Lynn, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, there's more guys getting offered today. Minotaur State was just in here this morning. Um, and it's my pleasure and honor to bring in my brother from another mother and another uh, CU Buff that was a D lineman and is now an offensive lineman in the National Football League. Mister Will Precheck joins us here on McChesney Unchained at Six Zero Studios here at Six Zero Strength on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Will, what's happening, brother? Tell everybody about yourself a little bit. Who you are? Where you're from? And uh, then we'll get grinding.
2: Well, uh, thanks for having me, Matt. Um, Will Precheck here, and and I, you know, like Matt said, I was a former Buff, and now I, now I'm a free agent in the NFL. But my, my journey has been a lot longer than that. I, I played five years of defensive line at the University of Colorado. Um, my first year in the league, I was undrafted. Uh, first year in the league, I bounced around a couple practice squads. And then um, the Seahawks had me out for a tryout as an offensive lineman. So I made the, the conversion to offensive line while in the NFL, which is tough. It's just Something I did, too. Tough. And uh, spent two and a half years with, with the Seahawks, and then – Last year, I was with Buffalo and Chicago, and then just uh, um, I got released at the end of training camp uh, with Chicago this year. So it's, it's been it's been a journey. Uh, definitely the NFL journeyman.
1: Uh, talk about a little bit, Will. You know, we worked when you were coming out from the combine. You worked with Lauren Lando over at Lando Performance for your speed and agility work, and you were in here with me at the old gym back in the day, working on football technique and the transition to you know offensive and defensive line play at the NFL level. Yeah, this is something I struggle with with guys all the time. The the front seven players who think that their 40-yard dash is like so important that they neglect the opportunity to learn the game at the next level. As a guy who played defense and then moved to offense in the league, how different is it really? Because some guys just think, well, football's football, but it's not. Just to elaborate on that a little bit, because I know that the transition from defense to offense is extremely difficult physically, but... The mental part of the game is what gets guys.
2: Yeah, so with, with, with playing defensive line, it's 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 pretty simple. You're either going straight, you're either going to slant right, or you're going to slant left. And that's basically it. And so you've got to play your gap and you know, see ball, go get ball. And, and you're always leaning forward, pressing pressing onto offensive lineman, trying to get it off them and, and and not be blocked and then go make plays. Uh, being an offensive lineman is completely different. Uh, not only in in kind of the the mindset of aggressive aggressive lean, but kind of being able to play balanced and not not let the defensive line do what they w- want to do to you, and you'll be able to move them. You know, you become uh, become the 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 hammer that the defensive line hates versus kind of you know making sure you don't get blocked and don't get touched as a D lineman. So you know. The balance part was the biggest thing for me because the, the transition of leaning and pressing and, and trying to trying to get off and move as fast as possible changed to being more more balanced, but staying keeping that aggression. And it was it was it's such a skill set that that isn't taught. You know, there's there's not very many people who who know how to teach offensive line. So when I, when I converted, you know, the, the NFL coaches they all think you know how to play offensive line already. So
1: when, coach, when did you convert?
2: Uh, after my first year in the league, I uh, bounced around a couple practice squads, phone kind, of, phone kind of stopped ringing, and then Seattle had me out for a tryout. And then after that tryout, the tryout was for convert off or you know convert D-linemen to offensive line. And they liked me, and they signed me after their season ended, and then I stuck with them for two and a half
1: years. And when we went to work on the, the conversion from D-line to O-line, just talk a little bit about that and you know the difficulty, but then once you caught it, how naturally it came to you and, and your thought process on, you know, guys and their combine training and pro day training and how you think they should attack it.
2: Yeah. So with, with being a convert offensive lineman, it's, it was completely different than anything I've ever known. And I'm already playing at a, at the highest level there is it's in, in the NFL. It's not like you could just, you know, convert and, you know, play against the practice squad guys or, you know, like uh Scout team guys in college. Yeah, or, you
1: convert here and you're playing against a damn Pro Bowler, probably.
2: Yeah, you're, you convert here. You're, you're not playing against the, the, some guys you could kind of hone your technique. So you got to come in there ready. So that's why it's such a, a skill um, attainment problem where you, know, you got to be able to do a lot of work mastering your craft on hands, feet, uh, balance outside of playing football. You know, it's not like you go to go to the park on Saturdays and play a pickup game of basketball. That's real basketball, but you can't go to the park and play football. You have to have a, a unique training regimen where you can come in and, and learn the skills and, and do as, as live as you can against real bodies playing real football. And that's why 6-0 strength was such, a, was, was such a blessing for me um, in my conversion because – I'd, otherwise, I would have been kind of going in there blind, not knowing until I got into OTAs, playing NFL player, defensive lineman, I wouldn't have had any real reps of playing offensive line unless, you know, thankfully I did by coming to you.
1: All right. So when you talk about the progression of NFL football players in this game and what we see every Sunday and what I see is, you know, it, it's a do it now or get cut league. Do you think that football and offenses are outsmarting themselves a little bit here? Like, it, we talk about this all the time in here. Yeah, I know the game is, is set up so people can just go out and throw the ball over the park. But if you can line up in 12-22 or, you know, the 32 personnel and just fucking mash people, you're going to win a lot of football games. Give me your opinion on that before we get into the, the meat and potatoes here on McChesney Unchained.
2: Well, that's that's the hardest thing in the NFL is is being able to... Being able to run the football. Running the football is one of the hardest things to do, especially if they they know what's coming with with you know obvious rundowns. Well, it's third and one or or first down and near twenty two personnel. I mean, they, they know a run's going to come. What
1: are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> tricky, tricky.
2: <laughs> but if you're able if you're able to to play, you know, if you're able to run the ball and then running the ball is the basis of all football because. The run really opens up the pass with the play action, and kind of, you know, getting the do- big dogs tired that are the defensive linemen. Make but
0: them chase. Make,
2: make them chase. Yeah, if they're if they're, you know, getting mashed by double teams and they're getting tired of playing that, they're not thinking about rushing the quarterback. But if the quarterback's back there dropping back, you know, forty-five times a game, Ooh. you know, it's just it's hard on the. Think about
1: line. this: the Broncos when they played the Jets in East Rutherford at eleven a.m. start. Okay, after they had played Kansas City the week before. They were the last game to st- finish that week, and they were the first game to start the next. They're already struggling on an 11 a.m. flight, right, because the East Coast transition. They ran the ball 14 times and threw it 50 times. How in the fuck are you supposed to be successful in this league with that? You can't.
2: That's incredibly hard. It's incredibly hard on the offensive line because what, what they do best is, is they're big guys who like to move people, and they don't like to, to be the wall that the defensive line gets to run into. And and with with all of football, it's 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 run first. Or you know, right now, it's it's quarterbacks are are the highest paid players. So they you know these offenses are putting a lot on the quarterbacks to make these decisions, and and throw the football and, and make touchdowns and, and carry these whole offenses. Where you know you get a lot of success if if you take it out of the quarterback's hands and, and, and not only have him. I mean, he will be the main playmaker because he he runs the show but put it in the offensive lines and running backs hands for half the game. And so that, that quarterback is on 30 throws and he's, he's picking them apart because they're all playing the run. They're all scared about the run and, and they'll be able to to open up so much more if run first pass second kind kind of offense. All right.
1: So let's go straight into this. We'll save the CU talk for the end. Um, Broncos and Cardinals on Thursday night, good competitive game. Broncos ended up winning the game. It, it is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and bore everybody with what they already know. Broncos go to Kansas City on Sunday. You know, you're you're a player that's trying to get another job in the league right now. Um, in your opinion, what do the Broncos have to do to win that football game and 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 go win in Arrowhead? Arrowhead is not an easy place to win. That place is super tough to win at.
2: Yeah, no, uh, it it is it.
1: I mean, you're in here every Tuesday morning with us grinding with McGovern and Billy Turner and, you know, Ron Leary before he got hurt and Sammy Jones and all those cats. You hear him talk. In your opinion, the Broncos beating Kansas City in Arrowhead is already a tall task. Number one thing you think they need to do to win?
2: Well, I think they, they need to come together, offense, defense, and special teams, and and play together, play for each other, play for each, the, the brothers that are, are next to you, and and you know it doesn't matter what the scheme is or or what you know if you don't believe in the, in in whatever's going on. You guys play together, play for each other. That's the most powerful thing in the world. It doesn't matter if you're passing it 50 times. You'd like to see it not be that high, but if you're playing together and playing for your brother, you know anything's possible.
1: All right, we get Will out here, out of here on, on McChesney Unchained here down the road. Uh, I'll elaborate more on the Broncos in Kansas City and and that. Breakdown for what they need to do to win. Remember, you can go on uh, bsndenver.com and check out the 6 0 top six. It will be up today for the Broncos and the Cardinals. Uh, Allie, thank you very much for all the work you do there. Uh, talk to me about the, the buffs here, Bill. We're both ex CU players. We both played D line up there. We're both captains. We're both, you know, Northern Colorado guys. You played at Boulder. I played at Niwot. We both got transitioned from offense or from defense to offense in the NFL. I'm uh, very honored to have helped you with that transition and continue to, to help you grind on, on your way to the NFL and hopefully stay in there for a long time. I'd like for one of these uh, general managers to get their head out of their ass and give you a job. I don't know how you don't have one yet. Uh, but the, that's neither here nor there. Uh, talk about the Buffs and what you've seen up to this point. Uh, Coach Mack, and, and if, if you like what you're looking at, and, and how do they go out and, and right this shit because they've dropped two in a row?
2: Yeah, they dropped two in a row, so that's kind of that's one of those things where the you know the the team morale might be down a little bit, but ultimately, you know, they should have confidence because they played well in the first what five games they were five and zero, oh, and they should have great confidence in what they're able to do. They played two pretty good teams with Washington and SC, and they should just come back come back to the fundamentals and hopefully Shanault uh, is healthy and be able to run the ball. Play good defense, you know, not 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 get beat over the top, which which I saw a lot in SC.
1: GTFB baby, get the fuck back.
2: And uh, so that you know they'll they'll be ready to play. I feel when when they get on uh, get on the field against uh, Oregon State.
1: Are you going to go to the game on Saturday? I will be there. Nice, me too. Going to go watch the uh, the Buffaloes smack a Beaver. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Oh, <laughs> all right. So look, uh, I'm going to do. Top games from the weekend here on the NFL level. Uh, first off, did you see the Eric Reed thing this weekend? Did you see him attacking Malcolm Jenkins?
2: Yeah, that was. That I thought
1: was, that was real Bush League, dude.
2: I have no idea what's going on he, there. He's
1: saying that he's a sellout and he's not really like part of the movement. Like, man, you can't have infighting if you're trying to say you're united, trying to fight a problem. You can't have each other going after each other's necks on the field. I'm sure Carolina's like, "Why the fuck did we just hi- just sign this guy? He's a walking distraction." So that was fucking crazy. Um, and then the Swag Kelly thing, bro. Um, <laughs> just give me your opinion on this. I hate the kid that got cut. It sucks, but. You know, the, the, the world out here thinks that, like, football players are supposed to be priests. I always think, oh, God, don't be a Catholic one. Um, but, you know, I always get amazed when somebody's like, oh, he, he's a role model. Bro, if, if your kid role model is Chad Kelly, you are fucking failing as a father. Period.
0: <laughs> Facts. Uh, some
1: don't, don't you think that they just did him super dirty by cutting him like this and not trying to support him at all through this struggle?
2: Yeah, that's 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 a thing that's uh that's hard. Um, you know, with with that sort of sort of thing, you know, it's it's such a such a not that great of a situation with with you know, getting in trouble and and you know, there's so much goes on on the field that you really can't let the off-field distractions get you hurt or or Get you cut in his case, and and you know I'm sure it was a mistake, but you know everybody makes mistakes. I feel and, bad for him, man. I feel bad for him, and, and you know it sucks. It's it's one thing it's one thing if if it wasn't uh, you know a repeat kind of you know issue. You know it's one thing if it.
1: Happens. I mean the reason he fell to Mister Irrelevant is because of off the field issues.
2: Right, and that's the thing you always got to protect the team, and the team comes first, and if if you're not protecting it off the field. That'll be an easy way
1: out. Well, just remember this, folks. Be real careful pointing the finger. He's a kid. He made a mistake. I really hope you've never gotten drunk or made a mistake in your past because uh, most people have made mistakes, so I'm not going to hold it over Check Kelly's had too much. He already lost his job. He doesn't need to have it, you know. He doesn't need his name run through the mud all the time just because of that. So, moving on, we'll see if Kevin Hogan can be the backup for the Broncos and, and be productive there. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to preview the, the Kansas City game here in a second, so get your mind right. All right, right off the bat, uh, Texans and the Dolphins. They play this evening on Thursday Night Football. The Texans are the Broncos' next opponent. Texans or Dolphins? Go right off the bat. Uh,
2: I, like, I like the Dolphins on this one. I
1: I, mean, the I, Texans have got some dudes up front, man. Their defensive line and their pass rushers are nuts.
2: They do. They definitely do. And and that's one thing. If you get after the quarterback, it, it changes all. You know, it changes the whole game. So you like Deshaun Watson? I do.
1: Yeah, I think I think he's the truth, dude. I think he's going to be a really really good football player for for a lot of years to come. Especially if they can figure out a way to maximize him, give him a little bit of protection with that defense. That's a window they don't want to miss. Eagles and Jags. This was going to be one of those like Super Bowl. Preview type games, and now both teams are under 500 and struggling. What in the fuck is going on with Jacksonville? I can understand Philadelphia having a Super Bowl hangover and trying to get Wentz back into the flow and transitioning from Foles to Wentz and whatnot. They just lost their defensive end, Derek Barnett, for the year. Philly did with a dislocated shoulder, so he's out, but they got depth for days. They'll just start Michael Bennett or, or Chris Long. Shitty problem. Um, what is going on at Jacksonville, though? You played there for a while. I mean, you know the city. I don't know if you know the culture there because Coughlin wasn't there when you were there. But they're way too good and talented. Is it simply just Bortles? Is he that shitty?
2: I do not know. You that guy's
1: terrible, bro.
2: He has not played, <laughs> played probably up to, his, up to his draft pick. But, uh, you know, Jacksonville's got a good defense, too. They, you know, Marcel Darius, the guy who came from – Came from Buffalo last year. I was with Buffalo, and, and we were ranked like sixth in rushing defense before they traded him. And then, you know, Jacksonville was twenty-six. And then we traded him. and About five weeks later, we had swapped places. We went to twenty-six, and Jacksonville went to six. Man,
1: so, it, it, do you like Darius as a player? I think he's kind of a turd, but he seems like he can hold a gap.
2: He's, he's an incredible athlete, and he's a, he's a run stopper. But he can also get after him in the pass rush. But you know, basically, which Darius do you get? Uh, the one that wants to play or not?
1: I guess we'll see. You taking Jacksonville or Philly?
2: I'll take Jacksonville because I, I, I like I like their defense, and I mean I, you know, Eagles got a good defense too, but I, I think I think Jacksonville will pull this one out.
1: All right, next. Ravens and Carolina, this is a smash-mouth game. Both teams pride themselves on good defense. I've been rewatching the Tennessee-Baltimore game over and over again two weeks ago. Just think about this. Tennessee had 40 offensive snaps, 10 completions, and 11 sacks against them. Wow. Uh, Baltimore-Carolina, who you got?
2: Oh, man. I, Carolina.
1: Carolina at home?
2: Carolina at home, definitely.
1: And then the next two, just think about how many offensive yards are going to happen in Green Bay at the Rams and New Orleans at the Vikings. I, honestly, that could be the division round right there. You could be looking at the NFC division round with Green Bay at the L.A. Rams and New Orleans at the Vikings. Is Aaron Rodgers the best quarterback you've ever seen, or is he a product of the rules and what the NFL is now? Well, I, I think, you know,
2: based on the teams I've played with, you got the two best quarterbacks in the league and you know, could be ever with, with Breeze and and Rogers. Breeze I saw him dismantle us.
1: Yeah, he's was, such a stud.
2: He I mean, totally dismantled us at Buffalo last year and, and it was solely because he's just that you could see it. I could see it. He was he was changing changing when he snapped the ball because he knew the defense wasn't ready. he, he had he had the whole game under control. And same same with Rogers. Rogers is is an incredible incredible quarterback, and you know these guys don't come around very often. And uh, when when they do, and and they're they're as successful as they're as successful as they they are. Um, you know, it's it's incredible to watch, and I I think Rogers.
1: Rodgers might be the best in the business to ever do it, to be completely honest with you. All right, so we're going to continue here on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I'll give you my preview of Kansas City and Denver coming up here soon. Uh, And we'll talk about wear bands and everything they do moving forward as well. We'll pre check. Uh, thank you so much for coming into the show and sitting in, bro. Uh, I appreciate all your hard work and your grind in here uh, and, and everything that you bring to the table. And I know that some NFL team, if they get their head out of their ass, they'll be getting a pretty damn good player.
2: Well, I appreciate it, Matt, and I appreciate all your help. And, you know, if I had this resource when I was in high school, that would, you know, who knows? I, I, I probably would have been playing offensive line in, in college and, and would have been probably drafted somewhere.
1: Amen. Amen. Will Precheck joins us here on McChesney Unchained. Don't go anywhere, folks. All right, so the Broncos and the Cardinals game on Thursday night, it was what it was. Uh, I'm not going to get too excited about beating the shit out of the worst team in football, although they did look good doing it. Um, This is a huge test for Denver against Kansas City. You know, Kansas City is playing at an all-time high level right now Mahomes is all over the place you know he's if there's a, a weakness or a tendency that he can exploit he's definitely going to do it I personally think that Kansas City is the cream of the crop of the AFC when you're not talking about New England New England's the best team Kansas City is the cream of the crop try and rationalize that the best you can do I think Denver can win in Arrowhead yes I do Um, Is it a must win? I don't know if there's ever been a more must win in my life than this game. The Broncos have to go out and figure out a way to steal this game in Arrowhead. And if they do, it gets them back to 500 and it makes them look real, real, real scary for anybody else looking to go out and beat this team. Um, you know, hats off to the, the offensive line on Thursday night from Billy Turner to McGovern to the Cowboy Matt Paradis. Max Garcia played his ass off, and Garrett Bowles had his best game of the season working against Chandler Jones. Losing Freeman, the high ankle sprain, is tough. It's a rough loss, but Phil Lindsey, number 30, is the leader of that football team right now, and he's an undrafted rookie. And he's done a great job of of maximizing his opportunity, whether it was the work he put in here, the work he put in with Lauren Landau at Landau Performance for the pre-draft and all the work he did in here for the pre-draft. But it's maximizing right now, and you can tell that he is ready to play mentally and physically. The fact that he's so proficient in the passing game and from a pass protection standpoint in the screen game is a testament to his hard work and everything he's done to maximize that opportunity. Look, pass blocking in the NFL for running backs is tough. They don't do it a lot in college. And Phil has has done a great job of, of being really good at it. Um, the Demarius Thomas situation... Do I think they should trade him? Yeah, I mean I do. Uh, Hamilton being hurt's probably the reason why he's not not being shopped right now. Uh, but if you can get something for him, you might as well get something for him now instead of letting him just walk when the season's over. Sutton was drafted that high for a reason. Um, From a trade perspective, I think that if you were to get rid of Brandon Marshall, you have a replacement in Josie Jewell. If you get rid of Demarius Thomas, you have a replacement in Sutton. I think that you're going to see a lot of these older guys gone after the season, but also you're going to see some guys moved right now. There's a lot of guys moving, veterans on the trade block around the NFL. You saw Snacks Harrison go to Detroit. I'm sure Seattle's pumped about that, having to play him again. Um, Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see more moves. The Giants are, are just shopping everybody. Uh, is Eli Manning somebody you want here in Denver? I say no. Um, if the Broncos do end up losing this game to Kansas City on Sunday, is it time to tank? That's really the question. Do you tank for for the kid at Oregon? Do you tank for whoever? Whoever you think the top pick is. I really don't like the idea of tanking, but if you have to do it to get the quarterback you need, then do it. Um, I I don't think that this is going to be a cakewalk, although the Broncos have a huge opportunity because no one thinks they can win this game. Everybody thinks they're going to get shit stomped. And to be honest with you, I I like this team when they're the underdog. I like this team when their back's against the wall. I like this team when nobody thinks they can do anything. Um, The Chad Kelly situation is very concerning. I feel bad for the kid, man. You know, substance abuse is a problem. Addiction is a problem. And there's a lot of people out here who say, like, hey, be transparent and honest. And then the minute you are, they shit all over you. It's happened to me consequently in my life, and it continues to happen. And Chad Kelly's getting his taste of it right now. So people say that they're understanding until you need them to understand, and then it's. The other way, to say the least, Um, I'd like to see the I would have liked to seen the Broncos give him another opportunity. But I get it. Business is business. Uh, They've got to make a choice that best fits them. And this was the choice they made. Um, I, I, I think it's very irresponsible of the media to say that they were having a cocaine party. It's fucking Halloween. Guys can't dress up for Halloween anymore. I mean, come on, dude. You can't dress up for Halloween. It just everything's on the table now. Everybody's super politically correct, which makes me sick. No one can just tell the truth. You might offend some fucking guy over there, and God forbid, and then you got to give a written apology. I'm not into all that shit. So... You know, I, I think that there's a lot of things that need to be changed here moving forward for the Denver Broncos. But they are in a position now where they're competitive, and they got an opportunity to go out here and see if they can win some football games and move forward. So we'll see what happens there. I'm picking them to beat Kansas City. I think that they go out and beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. They're four and four, bringing in a Houston team that is really, really good up front defensively. It's going to be a damn war in the trench. Uh, It's an opportunity for McGovern and Billy Turner, Paradis, Garcia, and and Bowles to go out and really, really play well against a great defensive front seven in, in Houston, Um I think the Broncos beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead twenty-seven to twenty, and I think this defense gets after the passer. I really, really, really want to see Bradley Chubb at defensive end the rest of the year. Okay, I'd love to see them move to an over-under front more so than just the base odd that they run. I'm not saying they can't run it anymore. I just want to see more over and under. It also allows you to put that nickel on the field. I'd love to see Sue Cravens back in that in that uh, uh, position for the Broncos. An over under front is more three techniques and more penetration front defensive lineman. I think Derek Wolf is best suited as that as the three technique. Pecko can do a great job of manning the tilt number or the tilt nose as a one technique. You got Chubb as your seven and your point of attack defensive end. They can take a double team or a tray block as it's called and then be very, very aggressive in the past game as well, which we saw him doing the other night last. Uh, you know, it, during the offseason and during training camp, I was used to be on Orange and Blue 760 before I told the truth and they got mad at me and told me to leave. It's okay, I'm glad I'm gone. You suck. Um, I, I said that I think Chubb is a 10-sack guy. and People scoffed at it and laughed, and now he's six and a half sacks into the season and it looks like he's on his way to fucking 10 to me. So I'd like to see Chubb staying at defensive end, and I want to see Vaughn play like he did the other night. If Vaughn plays like that all the time, this team is going to be so scary. They are so scary to offenses. Tackles are shitting their pants trying to figure out how to block 5'8". So uh, we'll see what happens with the defense, but they looked good the other night, and I'd like to see that defense show up every week. It's been a problem with consistency. We'll see. Case Keenum. If you don't support Case Keenum the right way, I was just talking to Sean Tufts and Will Precheck about this, our two guests here on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Thank you to both for coming in. If you like the jet game, fifty throws and fourteen runs—I don't care how many points you're down. That's insanity. You deserve to lose. That should be flipped. Case Keenum is not Aaron Rodgers, and we're acting like he is. The more three wide receiver sets I see, <laughs> line up, smash mouth people, get a lead, and let our pass rushers pass rush. That's what this team is built, or that's how they're built. That's what they're built for. They're not built to come back. They're built to get a lead and pass rush and be really aggressive defensively and play cover one and cover zero. So, if you're not going to support Case the right way, you can't sit here and expect him to do things he's not made to do he's not a empty formation throw the ball over the field quarterback he's a gunslinger off of play action last year in minnesota they had 400 plus rushing attempts second in the nfl he was really successful this year the broncos are totally away from that they're trying to turn him into something he's not and it's not working so I don't think that John Elway needs to get fired. I don't think Vance needs to get fired. I don't think Musgraves needs to get fired. They just need to stop trying to be the Packers or the Saints. That's it. Just stop and line up and honor who you are. You've got a, an unbelievably good right guard that can move people. Billy Turner's playing his ass off. Run behind those two. Let's, let Max Garcia pull and mash defensive ends and Mike linebackers. Let the Cowboy Matt Paradis get into the crawl of these nose tackles and move them. And let Garrett Bowles do what he does best, which is be a surly prick at left tackle and go kick the shit out of people. Not just putting him in position to get his ass kicked on national TV 50 times because you refuse to change the way that the game plan is structured. So I think the Broncos have an opportunity here to get to 500 and, and essentially put their foot in the ass of the chiefs and change the narrative and move forward. But if they lose this game, Things are going to get bad. It's going to get bad. It's going to, oh, well, Vance is only here because he beat Arizona. Why is that the standard? I agree. I don't know why that's the standard. Why beating the lowly Jets and the Colts last year and beating the worst team in football this year keeps his job? If, he, if he's on the hot seat, if that's going to keep his job, why does that keep his job? Um, but I'm glad he still has it. I don't want VJ to get fired. I love VJ. I think he could do a great job here, and I hope he ends up doing it. Um, Full circle here on John Elway, everybody talking about how Elway should get canned and he's the reason, blah, blah, blah. What? He's the reason they went to two Super Bowls? Yeah. He's the reason they got Peyton Manning? Yeah. I mean, let's not forget all the positive things that have happened because number 7 is here. You want number 7 in the organization. There's nobody that cares about the Broncos more than that man. So stop with all that shit. Yeah, he's not perfect. Yeah, some of these players he drafted didn't work out. That's on the player, not the fucking GM. All he can do is give him an opportunity. So, we'll see what happens there. I do think the Broncos beat the Chiefs, though. let me tell you about Wearbands. Wearbands is an unbelievably great company that's here at 6-0. My, my man, Dan Schreiber's his, his system is incredible. I've got damn near everybody here at 6-0 in the systems already. Uh, wear Bands helps you with force production from the floor up. Uh, it forces dorsiflexion of the toe. It forces you to really focus on the inside of your foot and moving like an athlete. Lateral athletes and Wear Bands go hand-in-hand. Hand. So check out WearBands.com. Type in uh, 6020 and you'll get a 20% discount or you can come to the shop here at 60 and we'll get you hooked up with that as well. Uh, I am Matt McChesney. This is McChesney Unchained. Huge thanks to Sean Tufts and Will Precheck for coming in studio and being part of the show today. Uh, Episode 13 is a fucking wrap. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Um, Brandon Spano, Ryan Kosenberg, Allie, thank you so much for all your hustle and your grind. We will be back next Monday or Tuesday, depending on uh, the way the week goes and if I want to talk about the Monday night game. And hopefully we're coming back after a huge victory for your Denver Broncos playing the Chiefs. So go Buffs, go Broncos. Check out 60strength.com. Remember to follow uh, the show at BSN Unchained and at Six Zero Strength on Twitter and Instagram. I am Matt McChesney. Episode 13 is a wrap. Thanks for listening, folks.